Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're bringing down the Tuesday, December 12th slate of College Basketball DFS. We've got a nice little nine-game slate on DraftKings that is going to be a little bit of a departure from what we're used to seeing on some DFS slates. We are going to break that down on why it's different and some of the best plays that you can look at for your lineups and some of the best game environments you can target for your lineups here on this nine-game Tuesday night slate. Now, if you are new to the channel, we have college basketball, college football, and NFL content coming your way weekly, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified when new episodes drop. You can subscribe to the audio feed on Apple and Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts as well because we are going to have some episodes that are audio only just because, um, you know, just some mornings, some nights, um, you know, it's easier to just, you know, do the audio setup as opposed to breaking out the full YouTube setup. So if you're subscribed in both places, you will never miss an episode because we do have college football, college basketball and NFL content coming your way on a weekly basis. It is bowl season now for college football, so we are going to be previewing the bowl games for this weekend before the week is over, as well as continuing to break down college basketball almost on a daily basis. All right, so um, taking a look at this nine-game slate, this is going to be a very interesting one. Like I said, it's a departure from what we're used to seeing in college basketball DFS. You know, usually, even at this point in the season with a lot of non-conference matchups, you kind of get some marquee matchups, right? Like you get a Texas Marquette or you get a UNC UConn. Well, we don't have any of that this slate. All nine of these games are projected to be blowouts. And so I'm going to kind of refer back to something I said back in March when the NCAA tournament was going on. In, when you look at these like 116 games in the NCAA tournament, that's what a lot of the um, games on this slate are going to look like. They're going to be blowouts like a 116 NCAA tournament game, even though the teams that are doing the blowing out aren't one seeds. Just the talent disparity between the two teams is like a 116 matchup. So those 16 seeds, the teams that are going to get blown out tomorrow night, they're not going to get shut out. They're not going to score zero points. They're not going to score 20 points. They're likely to score at least 50 to 60 and sometimes even 70 points. So being able to find the right guys from that game that are going to go off for those losing teams is going to be vital. Um, and then when it comes to the winning teams in blowouts, it's always the chicken versus the egg argument. Well, you know, if it's a blowout, obviously the guy's going to be playing less minutes because he's going to be on the bench, right? But even if he is on the bench for the last 10 minutes, what does it matter if he already put up 40 fantasy points in the first 30? So um, to me, being able to identify the right situations for that is going to be vital for this slate. And um, there's going to be some backups that get extended run who are going to go off who are going to break the slate also. So I'm going to try to identify here on this podcast the best guys that you can target for both the winning and the losing teams, as well as some guys who might have a chance at going off if these games do turn into blowouts. So without further ado, let's go ahead and cut the intro there and let's go ahead and get started breaking down the first game of the night. All right, so the first game of the night is going to be Monmouth taking on Seton Hall. The battle for New Jersey in this one with, you know, both these teams being in New Jersey. Um, Ken Palm has this one projected to be a total of Seton Hall 78 to 66. Now, Seton Hall is actually a decently predictable team. Um, their offense really goes through Kadari Richmond. He is their point guard. He is their best player. Um, and he takes a lot of shots and, and it shows with his outputs, right? Um, he's the only guy on the team north of a 21% usage rate and he's hit 39 fantasy points, excuse me, 38 fantasy points in three straight games and a salary of only $8,800, you will take 39 fantasy points. So um, Kadari Richmond, definitely a guy that intrigues me. And if you're looking to play anybody from Seton Hall, he is the guy I would start with. I don't think I'm probably going to play anybody from Seton Hall as a one-off unless I'm playing Kadari Richmond as well. 
Now, there are a few other guys who are interesting that I do think fit as stacking partners. With Richmond, the first of whom is going to be, whoops, I was looking at guards only there, um, Jaden Bediaco, their starting center. Um, he's had 25 fantasy points in five straight games, um, and he's a big that, you know, I generally think that when you're looking at these blowout games, it's easier for bigs to hit value than guards, simply because, you know, if these teams are really bad and they're missing a lot of shots, it lends itself to the bigs getting rebounds and also controlling the offensive glass if they have a size advantage as well. So I think Betty Yako is a solid play from Seton Hall also. Now on the Monmouth side, Monmouth has some of the best value plays on the entire slate in my opinion. And looking at the Monmouth guys, um, they have you know just some guys that I think are going to be pretty popular. Um, the first of whom is going to be Xander Rice. So he is their best player, and he does lead them in usage. He has over a 30% usage rate, and he's had some big games on the game log. You know, he scored over 36 fantasy points three separate times at a salary of only $7,100. That's five times value for his salary, so we will take that any day of the week. That's that's upside that can win you a GPP. But the guys that I think are going to be popular are both in the 4K range. Um, it is Jack Collins, and then I believe his first name is John Valencia. Jarrett Valencia, excuse me, Jack Collins and Jarrett Valencia. Those are going to be the two guys who are going to be super popular simply because when you look at the fantasy scoring, like he's averaging well over four times value for his salary, Jack Collins is. And, you know, in terms of minutes, he's playing pretty much over 30 minutes every game. So you've got a guy who's out there on the floor a lot and is going to easily, you know, outpace his salary and fantasy points. And Valencia is the same way. You know, he averages over 20 fantasy points a game for a salary of only $4,600, plays around 26 to 30 minutes every game. Those two guys are probably going to be chalk plays here in this um, nine-game slate. So I kind of think that if those two guys are the chalk, it really kind of makes me want to lean into this game and say, hey, if these guys do have a ceiling game, maybe I want to pair him with Xander Rice, or maybe I want to pair him with Kadari Richmond on the other side and hope that this game stays close and all three of those guys hit value. Now, also an ownership pivot, if Collins and Valencia are going to be chalk, would be Jakari Spence of Monmouth. He's kind of their like a contributing supporting cast player that he is a member of their starting five and he plays a lot of minutes. He generally doesn't see as high of a usage as Collins or Valencia, but if Collins or Valencia are having off nights, it probably means Jakari Spence is going to be putting up some fantasy points. Now, the next game of the night is Georgia Southern taking on Tennessee. This is the most lopsided projected game of the night. It is projected to be Tennessee 90-59, to according to Ken Palm, a 31-point victory, Tennessee getting to 90 points. And if they get to 90 points, it's likely going to be through a lot of scoring from Dalton Connect. He has came over to Tennessee as a transfer and pretty much just been a designated scorer, like that's what he does. Um, however, the fact that this game might turn into a blowout does not intrigue me as much as some of the other Tennessee guys. And the main reason why is because Dalton Connect, like I said, like all he does is score. You know, you look at his fantasy contributions, he averages 19 real points a game and only 30.3 fantasy points a game. So he averages only 11 fantasy points a game from the other categories, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. That's not good. So I, I kind of think that, you know, if Tennessee's going to blow this game out of the water, I would rather go with a guy who can put up stats in multiple ways, like Josiah Jordan-James, a.k.a. Triple J. Um, you know, he gets over 17 fantasy points a game from non um, scoring 
stats, and he's got up 30 fantasy points in three straight games. Um, I would absolutely be willing to play Josiah Jordan James in this spot. Another thing that's intriguing is Zakai Ziegler, their starting point guard from last year. Um, you know, he had that season-ending injury last year. Well, he is now back in the starting lineup. He's played at least 27 minutes in the last three games, and he scored at least 19 fantasy points in all three games. Hasn't really had a ceiling game just yet. Um, he's really served as more of a facilitator, getting at least four assists in all three of those games. But if he ever does have a big-time scoring night or if he gets you a few steals, that's going to lead to a big DraftKings night for Zakai Ziegler, and I could definitely see it happening sooner rather than later. The last guy on Tennessee that intrigues me is Toby Iwaka. He is their backup big man. And look, I've watched enough Tennessee over the last two years. I just think the guy's pretty good. Like, I think he's really talented. He can jump out the gym. He's a good rebounder and shot blocker. And when he plays extended minutes, he generally does pretty well in fantasy. Um, you know, you look at the Wofford game earlier in the season. He only played 14 minutes. That was a 21-point win for Tennessee. He had 22 fantasy points. Um, you know, just a, a week ago, he played George Mason. 10 minutes, 21 fantasy points, and that was a 21-point victory for Tennessee. So if there's going to be a blowout and Toby Iwaka is going to see double-digit minutes, it probably means he's going to get some pretty, you know, solid opportunities to score some fantasy points. And so I really think Toby Iwaka is kind of a high upside play for these Tennessee Volunteers. Now on the Georgia Southern side, this is probably like not a situation that I want to target. Um, you know, Tennessee's a really good defensive team. Georgia Southern's only projected to score 59 points. It's just not really a great situation to target. And I think DraftKings did not do us any favors with any of the pricing. Like, I don't think any of these guys are underpriced. Um, these guys don't, you know, this team's not very good. So that they don't really score a whole lot of points anyway. I just don't think it's a great situation. Um, their core guys right now are Tyron Moore, um, Avante Parker, um, Eben Banks, Aaron Banks, excuse me. Um, and then, um, Deuce Dean. Those are kind of their four guys that are like, you know, their guys right now. Um, I'm not really interested in any of them, but if I was going to play any of them, it'd be one of the guys who's starting and playing big time minutes for them. Um, and they are all under $6,000. So I guess they have that going for them, but I'm just not super interested in this Georgia Southern side. All right, now taking a look at game number three, we got Hofstra at Duke. This one, Ken Palm has projected to be Duke 80 to 66. Now, Duke is very interesting because right now Tyrese Proctor is dealing with um, an ankle injury. And I do not see a reason for them to rush him back. Um, you know, Duke played my school, UNC Charlotte, on um, Saturday. So I got to watch all of that game. And they really seemed kind of just fine without Tyrese Proctor. In fact, they only played six guys more than seven minutes in that game. Um, you know, the obvious name, like Kyle Filipowski. Um, but then at the guard spots, it was Roach, McCain, Foster, and Blakes. And then really Mark Mitchell was really the only other guy that um, – that played and he kind of played you know that four or five spot alongside Filipowski and if Mitchell wasn't in they just went small um but I really think that um if Proctor is out you're gonna see big time boosts from all four of those Duke guards Roach, McCain, Foster, and Blakes and if this game turns into a blowout, I could definitely see all four of them hitting value. Like all four of them had really solid outputs against UNC Charlotte. Jeremy Roach had over 31 fantasy points. Jerry McCain had over 30 fantasy points. Caleb Foster um, only had 15, but you know that's not bad for a guy who's only $4,600. And then Jalen Blakes had 21 fantasy points in that Charlotte game. So all four of those guys, I think, are going to be interesting as long as Tyrese Proctor continues to be out. Also, Hofstra only plays one guy in their lineup that is taller than 6'8". Kyle Filipowski has a chance to have an absolute field day. You know, he was not very efficient against Charlotte, but 
the usage numbers were there. He grabbed 13 boards. He got a block and a steal. So, you know, if Kyle Filipowski is able to have a more efficient scoring night, then I could definitely see him having a big-time fantasy night against Hofstra. Now, on the Hofstra side, they do only play one guy above 6'8", and that is Jaco Fritz. I'm assuming it's pronounced Jaco. Maybe it's Jaco or Jacko, but I'm assuming it's pronounced Jaco. Um, Jaco Fritz is their really only bit of size that they have. Um, he can really get himself in foul trouble, though. He's fouled out of two games already so far this season. Um, so if Filipowski's drawing those fouls, it means he's going to head to the bench pretty quick and have an even bigger size mismatch over the Hofstra backup bigs. Um, the only other two guys that I'm really interested in for Hofstra would be Thomas and Dubar. Um, these two guys are just usage monsters. They've been on slight before and, and they've done us really well um, and I think they have an incredibly high ceiling because if Hofstra does in fact keep this game close you know who's going to be keeping it close it's going to be Thomas and Dubar um, so I definitely don't mind going to one of those two guys no matter how many Duke guys I'm playing even if I end up playing two or three Duke guys um, I'm definitely okay going with Thomas or Dubar on the Hofstra side I think if I were to play Yako Fritz, I would probably not play Kyle Filipowski because I think if Fritz is in the game, that means he's not fouling, and that means that Filipowski is probably not having a game game. So I don't think that's a very correlated play. If you play Filipowski, you definitely want to avoid Yako Fritz. Next up, we've got the Alcorn, or I'm sorry, we've got the Tennessee Martin at NC State game. Um, this one is pretty darn interesting because both these teams play at a very fast tempo. This has the highest game total of the night. Ken Palm has it projected to be NC State 91 to 73. NC State is 60th in the nation in adjusted tempo and UT Martin ranks 7th. So these two teams are going to get up and down and they're going to score points. Tennessee Martin has a very undersized roster. So I definitely think that NC State can take advantage of that with their big fella DJ Burns. And I can't say this enough on the podcast. If you've never watched DJ Burns play, just watch one game. Like he's a very entertaining college basketball player to watch. I love how he carries himself on the floor. He has fun playing basketball. He's got a unique body type for his position and he's really good with his footwork. He's really good with his touch around the rim. He, he's just a really good watch. And I think against an undersized Tennessee Martin team, DJ Burns could be in line for a big time game. And then at the guard spot, we've seen Jaden Taylor and DJ Horn. They're kind of the two lead guards for NC State. Both of those guys should be in line for, um, you know, a big game as well. If NC State's going to get to 90 points, then it probably means that Taylor and Horn are going to hit value. Um, Muhammad Diara is a guy for NC State who's almost like a designated rebounder. He averages more rebounds than points. In fact, he even grabbed 18 boards against Boston College two games ago. Um... If he plays a lot of minutes, he's going to get a lot of fantasy points just because of how good of a rebounder he is and how good of, you know, how high of a rate he rebounds. But um, you never really know how many minutes he's going to play. Um, so he's a little bit of a high risk, high reward play. Um, another two guys that I do like for NC State, though, that I think are a little bit high risk, high reward. Again, these, these are more GPP type plays in DFS. Dennis Parker Jr. is $5,400. He is a freshman. He is um, very much on the rise for NC State. He's had a 36 fantasy point and a 27 fantasy point game. So far this season so he's definitely got a lot of upside for you there um, and then there's also MJ Rice who's only $3,800 played 10 minutes in their last game and put up 18.5 fantasy points y'all it 18.5 fantasy points in 10 minutes is pretty darn impressive, especially for a guard. Um, so um, I definitely think MJ Rice has a lot of upside. If he ends up playing 15, 20 minutes in this game, I could definitely see him having a big time, big time night at only $3,800 on DraftKings.
Now on the Tennessee Martin side, like this is a team where of all the teams that are getting blown out, like they have the highest projected total at 73. So I definitely think this is a team that you can um, target and you can get guys from. One thing to note though, Issa Muhammad is their starting center. He did not play in their last game. And I cannot find any update on the internet um, as to why he did not play or his status for this game. So just be aware of that. You know, he's at $5,500. His fantasy points per game looks insane compared to his price tag, but he did not play in their last game. And so definitely be aware of that. Um, you know, as, as we head into closer to tip off for this one, if you can find an update that he's playing, I definitely think he's in play. Now, the other two guys... Oh, excuse me, I forgot to mention, in his place, um, they started a young big guy, um, David Kamwanga. Um, didn't really do much with it, 16 minutes in their last game, 10.25 fantasy points, so not great, but, you know, he did start at center for them with Issa Muhammad out. Um, now, the other two guys that I'm pretty much guaranteed to get a lot of usage from from this UT Martin side are Jordan Sears and Jacob Cruz. Um, they both fill up the stat sheet with a lot more than scoring, and if UT Martin is going to keep this game remotely close, it's probably going to be because of those two having a big night, and they're very reasonably priced, both average almost five times their salary, um, so I definitely think they're a very reasonable get for these Tennessee Martin guys. Now, the next game and the last game before we're going to take a little breather is going to be Alcorn State taking on Maryland. Um, Ken Palm has this one projected to be Maryland 80-62. to 62. Now, Maryland, you know, I won the quarter arcade last Wednesday night by playing two Maryland guys, Julian Reese and Jameer Young. And I'm not saying that that's going to be a strategy that is going to win, you know, a GPP again on this slate, but it's a strategy that I'm going to go back to because with Maryland, it's quite simple. Everything they do revolves around Julian Reese and Jameer Young. And so if Maryland is going to be scoring 80 points like Ken Palm projects them to, then Julian Reese and Jameer Young are going to be the guys that get them there. And I think they're very stackable together because Julian Reese is a big man who is a double-double machine. Jameer Young is not going to go down there and get rebounds. He is a distributing and scoring guard. So I think they're not really competing with each other for the same stats. A lot of Young's assists are going to go to Reese. A lot of Reese's rebounds are going to be outletted right to Young. I think it's a very complimentary duo that is not like cheap by any stretch of the imagination. They're very expensive at a combined salary of $18,100. But I definitely think that's a stack you can make. And if Maryland gets to 80 points, just go ahead and plug in 80 fantasy points from those two guys right now. Now, for the rest of the Maryland guys, if this game turns into a blowout, you're going to see minutes from some of the lower guys. Freshman Jamie Kaiser Jr. That is a guy that they really like out there in College Park. In their last game against Penn State, he played 28 minutes, which was his season high, had 22 fantasy points, which was his season high. Um, so I think he's a guy that's on the rise who could see a boost if this game turns into a blowout. And he's probably the only guy other than Reese and Young that I'm going to get to from Maryland here on this slate. Now, for Alcorn State... They're pretty interesting because they run everything through two guys, and that is Jeremiah Kendall and Byron Joshua. But Kendall looks like a heck of a lot better fantasy option just from the fantasy points per game. Um, you know, Kendall is their leading you know, fantasy scorer. And it's because he scores a lot and he gets a lot of rebounds. He is very efficient shooting over 50% from the field on the season. Um, Byron Joshua is not efficient from the field. He's shooting about 30% from the field on the season, but you look at his shot numbers, he continues to get shot after shot after shot. And if this team is going to score any kind of points against Maryland, you got to figure Byron Joshua is going to be the one shooting it. And if he does happen to have a hot shooting night, um, then he could be a guy that you could go to. And one thing I like about both those guys is both those guys play heavy minutes, even in blowout losses. Both those guys get plenty of shots, even in blowout losses. So um, Kendall and Joshua would be the two that I would look at for Alcorn State. And I'm really 
really not considering any other guys from that squad. All right, that does it for the first five games of the slate. So let's go ahead and take ourselves a little breather, and then we're going to talk about the last four. All right, so I do want to mention before we get started with these last games that there are places where you can find more information from me. Um, you know, keep in mind this episode, I'm sitting here recording it at, you know, 1030 at night on Monday. And, you know, the slate doesn't tip off until 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So there's going to be more information that I'm going to deep dive. There's going to be more plays that I'm going to uncover. There's going to be guys that I might change my opinion on about in the next 21 hours. So if you do want more from me, there are a few places where you can get more information. First off, follow me on Twitter, I guess X now, at Mike's Money Picks. I tweet out the DFS rundown for every college basketball slate and college football slate. And there's ever any injury news or anything like that or any updates on the podcast. I generally try to tweet those out and get those out to you guys. So it'll be helpful if you give me that follow. Um, and then I'm also in the Fantasy Corner Discord. Link is in the description on YouTube and on the audio feed. Um, I cannot recommend that enough. Part of the fun of DFS is talking about it with others and playing it with others. Um, and it's 100% free. And, and you know, we get a lot of good conversation, bouncing ideas off each other. Um, and there's a lot of smart people in there who've won a lot of money in recent weeks. And so um, get yourself in the Fantasy Corner Discord if you want more ideas and more help on, you know, college basketball DFS, college football DFS, NBA DFS, NFL DFS. We got every sport covered in there and a lot of smart people who talk about it. And then lastly, I do write a full article on my Patreon for every college basketball slate where I break down my core plays as well as kind of my attack strategy for the slate. Um, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that, you know, you can just plug in that core and instantly win GPPs. That's not exactly how it works. I wish it was. Um, but, you know, what I can promise is that you can read those every day, get yourself some additional information, get yourself some strategies and some ideas that you might not have thought of yourself. There's not a whole lot of people who break down college basketball and college football DFS like I do. Um, and so that is why I would recommend recommend that if you do want to read those full articles it is on the patreon and lastly if you do want to try something new this college basketball season head on over to signupexpert.com slash mike's picks what signupexpert does is they get you the best offers and promo codes for new users on any dfs player prop or sportsbook site so if you're looking to try something new maybe you want to try player props on underdog maybe you want to you know open up an account or do sportsbook signupexpert.com slash mike's picks is the place to go all right, now let's go ahead and break down these last four games. So the next one is going to be IUPUI taking on Minnesota, which I learned when I was in Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament a few years back. Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis is the acronym for IUPUI, which is a mess, much like their basketball team. It's a mess. So um, this game is projected to be Minnesota 80-59. IUPUI, you know, tied for the lowest team total of the slate with um, – who was it earlier? Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern and IUPUI are tied for the lowest total of the slate. Now, on the Minnesota side, we've got something interesting to break down. Dawson Garcia is their best player, and he is likely to be out for this game against IUPUI. Um, Pharrell Payne is their backup big man behind Dawson Garcia. He's pretty good, and he's also likely to be out for this game. Um, you know, he was limited at Monday's practice due to a groin injury. Um, I would tend to think that they would hold him out, in my opinion. Um, now, if he does end up playing, it, it wouldn't shock me, but it just seems like a game where you could hold him out and you'd be okay. Now, if both those guys are out, their normal third center, Jack Wilson, missed their last game also, so he could also be out. Um, and so in their last game, you know, with Garcia out, Wilson out, Payne hobbled, um, you saw a lot of minutes for Isaiah Enan, 
Joshua Ola Joseph, and Parker Fox. Um, between the three of them, Enan really showed me something in that game against um, Florida Gulf Coast. He only played 17 minutes, and he put up 28.25 fantasy points. That's nothing to sneeze at. And then Parker Fox in that game, he's only $4,100. Parker Fox in that game played 23 minutes and put up 23 fantasy points. So um, definitely two guys that I think you can go with if we get news on Garcia, Payne, and Wilson. Enan and uh, Parker Fox have a lot of interest from me. Now, what we've also seen in the last one and a half or so games that Dawson Garcia has missed, you have seen really boosted usage from Elijah Hawkins, who had 40 fantasy points in that game against Nebraska. And you've also seen more usage from Braden Carrington, um, who put up 29.75 fantasy points in that game against Nebraska, and then didn't really do much at all against Florida Gulf Coast. So um, I definitely think that those Minnesota guys, with Dawson Garcia out, you're going to see some big numbers from some Minnesota guy. I don't know exactly who it's going to be because I don't know this status of Payne and Wilson, but somebody from Minnesota is going to be putting up points in bunches against IUPUI. And the reason for that is because IUPUI is not very good. They are in the bottom, um, you know, bottom tier in Ken Palm. They're in the 300s. Um, now for this team, J1 Counter is their best player. Um, he actually has a decent like fantasy average for um, his salary. You know, he takes a lot of shots. He is their usage leader. Um, I don't mind it. If you think that this game stays remotely close, he might be worth playing. And, and he's kind of shown the ability to hit value even in blowouts. You know, like the Northern Kentucky game, they only scored 55 points and he had 28 fantasy points. Um, so I definitely think that it's a possibility that Jalen Counter has a decent game. But there are two values that I like for this team, Bryce Monroe and DJ Jackson. Um, Bryce Monroe is only $4,100 and averages over 16 fantasy points per game. That's over four times value. And you look at his game long, he gets double digit shots more often than he does not. And he generally plays almost 30 minutes a game. So I'm really intrigued by Bryce Monroe. I think he's a really solid value play and he's shown the ability to hit value even when they get blown out. And then DJ Jackson is a guard that comes off the bench who, you know, kind of like Bryce Monroe has shown us some upside as well. He gets a lot of shots. He plays a decent amount of minutes and he's shown us his ceiling with a 32.5 fantasy point performance earlier this year. So um, I definitely think DJ Jackson and Bryce Monroe are going to be guys who make my player pool just because you got to find some cheap guys here on this slate if you want to play a lot of expensive ones. Next up is going to be Coppin State taking on Georgetown. Now, let me tell you, Coppin State, if you thought IUPUI was a mess, just take a look at Coppin State, we'll, and we'll get to it. But we're going to break down Georgetown first because Georgetown is projected to win this game 77-60. to 60. The good news about Georgetown is they're pretty darn easy to predict at this point in the season. Jaden Epps is their point guard. He leads them in usage, and he plays nearly every minute of every game. Um, Dontrez Styles is their wing transfer from UNC, who also plays almost every minute from every game. He's had some big-time fantasy performances. Uh, I, I would be considering both of them for my lineups um, pretty substantially tomorrow night. Supreme Cook has been a guy who has dominated um, against a weaker competition. Um, he generally has cleaned up in games where Georgetown has played against worse teams. Um, so um, with Coppin State being a bad team, Supreme Cook is a guy who I will be considering also. But I would rather play Ismail Masood than Supreme Cook. Masood is a transfer from Kansas State. He has only played in three games. He's played over 30 minutes in all of them. He's put up over 22 fantasy points in all of them with a ceiling of a 42 fantasy point performance against TCU. I really like Masood. Um, with, with that salary and that ceiling, I think that's a good combination. Um, and I think he's going to be able to go out and play well against this Coppin State team. 
Another interesting trend that you're starting to see, Jay Heath is starting to overtake the minutes and the usage of Rowan Brumball. Um, so I would probably keep my Georgetown player pool to just those guys, um, Cook, Epps, Styles, um, Masood, and then maybe Heath, um, with Masood probably being my favorite guy out of the bunch. Now on the Coppin State side, I can't find any kind of news about this team. Um, about all I have is the box scores and what they have on Ken Palm. And this is a mess because looking at DraftKings, Justin Watson and Toto Fagbenley are their starting front court. And they are very reasonably priced for what they do from a fantasy perspective, but they're listed as out on DraftKings. And I'll be honest, I can't figure out why because both these guys played in their last game. In fact, they played pretty well in their last game, if I must say so. And they're listed as out. And I can't find anything on the internet about a suspension or an injury or otherwise. And so I'm going to kind of go by the fact that if they played their last game, they're probably going to play this one. Um, but granted, if that word out next to their player card scares you, I get it. Like you don't have to play either of these guys. Um, I would wait to see if I can find some sort of news on these guys before I play them. Because I don't know why DraftKings list them as out. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, they are Coppin State starting front court. And they, they're they their two best players, if I'm being honest. Um, and Coppin State plays a pretty short rotation. They've got a lot of other guys that are injured as well. If you look at Ken Palm, Ken Palm gives you a pretty good per, or, um picture of who is injured and who's playing and who's not. Um, in their most recent game, Coppin State only played seven guys double-digit minutes. Um, Winston and Fag Benley were two of them. The other five were Spurlock, um, Archie, Munir Jones, who is the stone men on DraftKings. He hasn't done much of anything this season. Um, Ferguson and, T um, I'm going to mispronounce this, Tkevchic. Um, so there you have it. The, the, the seven guys that played double-digit minutes for Coppin State were Fag Benley, um, Winston, Spurlock, Archie, Munir Jones, Ferguson, and Tkevchic. Now, of that group, Spurlock and Archie are the, the other two I would consider. Spurlock is a really interesting one because he has had pretty consistent fantasy performances ever since about like their last five games. Um, and he consistently plays a big time minute total, whether they are losing, winning, getting blown out, whatever. Spurlock is going to be out there playing minutes and he's going to be getting shots as well. And then Archie is a guy that, you know, has seen his minutes, um, you know, ride the roller coaster this season. But when he's out there, he generally takes a lot of shots. And in their last game against George Washington, he took 18 of them. So if you're going to give me 18 shots against Georgetown for a guy that's only $4,400, that's a pretty reasonable salary um, for a guy who has plenty of opportunity to hit that salary. So um, those would be guys that I would consider for Coppin State. But with this team being just as much of a mess as they are, as many guys on this, you know, DraftKings list that are, um, you know, not playing minutes. I just, I think you can avoid them altogether if you don't want to deal with that mess. The next game is going to be Oral Roberts taking on Texas Tech. So this one is projected to be Texas Tech 77 to 64. Um, these last two games of the night are actually projected to be the two closest games of the slate. Um, so if you're looking for, you know, kind of normal quote unquote workloads for some of these guys, then these would be the two games that you would target. Now for Texas Tech, Devin Cambridge is out for the season. Um, so you will likely see a boost. You know, he's kind of, he's listed as a forward on DraftKings, but he's kind of more of a wing. Um, so you're going to kind of see more of minutes and a boost for Toussaint 
and Darion Williams and Pop Isaacs. Um, but I really think that you're going to see the biggest bump to Kerwin Walton. So Cambridge got hurt in the first half of their last game. And in that game, Kerwin Walton ended up playing 28 minutes. He ended up with 33.75 fantasy points. Now, the only thing that was a little bit concerning was the fact that he doesn't do a whole lot else outside of score. But hey, if he's going to go in and he's going to score you 20 points, and uh, you know you kind of can't complain at a salary of only $5,200. So I do... I do think he is a very intriguing play. Chance McMillian is another guy who can kind of replace a little bit of Cambridge's production. He's another wing. Um, you know, his, his fantasy outputs have been super duper inconsistent with a floor of three and a ceiling of 37.75. But he's a guy that, you know, can kind of play that similar role that Cambridge had. And I definitely think he is intriguing at only $4,700. Now, Earl Roberts is really interesting. Gone are the days of Max Asmus and them just pushing the ball up the court and, and, and Max Asmus chucking up a lot of shots. Um, but, you know, their second best guy last year, um, Isaac McBride, is back. And Isaac McBride and Kareem Thompson have a stat oddity that I didn't think I would ever see. Um, Isaac McBride and Kareem Thompson average over 40 minutes per game. Yes, you heard that correct. They average over 40 minutes per game. They played one overtime game against Kansas State, and they did not come out in that game, and so they got five extra minutes, and they haven't sat five minutes the entire year. It's wild. It is truly crazy. Um, so with those two guys, you're going to get guys that you know are guaranteed to be out on the floor. Um and they don't get in foul trouble because they can't afford to. Um, so, you know, those two guys, I think you've got pretty safe fantasy productions from with McBride and Kareem Thompson. Um, and I think that that makes them appealing as well. Another guy who joined the 40-minute club recently was Deshang Weaver. He played all 40 minutes in their most recent win against Tulsa. Um, and he had 28 fantasy points in that game. He's another guy that, hey, if he's going to be out there for all 40 minutes... It's kind of worth giving them a look, right? Because you're just going to get more opportunities to rack up fantasy points than literally anybody else on the slate. Now, if Weaver were to ever get in foul trouble, their backup big is Sir Isaac Heron, um, which sounds like a British royalty, but I, I don't know if he is or not. Um, Sir Isaac Heron is a guy that has seen his minutes go up and down, um, but if he does end up playing big minutes, he can give you a decent fantasy um, output. He's had over 15 fantasy points in two of his last three games. Now, the last game of the night is going to be California Baptist taking on Oregon. Um, this game is projected to be Oregon 78-65. to Now, what you have seen recently from Oregon um, is a really kind of a takeover from Jermaine Cousinard. Um, and so... Cousinard has really seen his usage increase a lot because of the injuries to Nafali Dante and Nate Biddle. Um, and so Cousinard's really, you know, kind of taken over with a lot of the offensive scoring load, whereas Kwame Evans Jr. has taken over with a lot of the rebounding and kind of the rim protection and the dirty work that um, that used to fall to Nafali Dante. So I think both those guys have to be in play for that reason as well. Um, Keyshawn Bartholomew is a guy who has a high ceiling. Um, he's certainly worth playing, even though it's it's been kind of up and down so far this season um, in terms of what you're going to get from him. The other guy that interests me from Oregon is um, one of their young guys, Jackson Shellstad. He is only $5,100 on DraftKings. He has played four games. He's seen its minutes increase each game. He started their last game against UTEP and put up 17 fantasy points, which is not great. But if he does end up having a big game, then I, I definitely think it's the possibility is there for Shellstad. Rigsby is also a guy that we have played a few times, but I kind of think he's seeing his um 
his minutes go a little bit to Shellstad, so I'm not exactly super intrigued on that, but his price tag's only $4,100, and with him being kind of a younger guy, you got to feel like he'd be a favorite to get boosted minutes if this game does, in fact, turn into a blowout. Now, for Cal Baptist, um, they really are kind of a predictable team. They kind of play all five of their starters um, a lot of minutes, but they, they, they've definitely rotated this starting lineup quite a bit. The guys that you can depend on, um, Dominique Daniels is their leader in usage at $6,000. Um, he averages over 17 points per game, um, and he, he gets you some assists as well. He, he takes a lot of shots, so I definitely think he has a chance to be a pretty solid value play if California Baptist is able to keep this close. And then you've got Ivan... Uidrago, 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 Ivan Uidrago. Kind of sounds like the name of the Rocky Four villain. But anyway, um, he has massive offensive and defensive rebounding rates. And with Oregon being without um, Nafali Dante and Nate Biddle down low, you got to feel like Uidrago has a chance to have a pretty good performance, right? Um, and he's had 23 fantasy points in three straight games. He's shown a ceiling of 37 fantasy points so far this season. Um, and if he does manage to get you that double-double, he's going to be a guy that you're going to want in your lineups. Um, after him... Hunter Goodrick is a guy who plays um, quite a bit of minutes and, um, you know, kind of fills out the stat sheet in a variety of ways. Uwe Drago actually has better rates than him, though. Goodrick just plays a little more minutes. He's a little more of a scorer. Um, so I think one of those two guys could definitely be in line for a decent night. I don't think I would be playing um, more than one of them in the same lineup, though. But those are really the main guys from Cal Baptist that I'm looking into. All right, so that does it for this Tuesday night slate. And that does it for this episode, y'all. So hopefully was able to give you guys plenty of information that you can use to help fill out those DFS lineups Tuesday night. Hopefully gave you guys plenty of names, plenty of guys that you can look for um, and get some winners here and get you guys some money there on DraftKings on this Tuesday night slate. Now, again, if you want more from me, remember you can follow me on X at Mike's Money Picks. Join the Fantasy Corner Discord. I promise it's a great time in there. It, it really is part of the fun of DFS is having fun with others, and, and that's a great way to do so. And then there's also the articles on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And that does it for this episode, guys. So make sure that if you like what you're seeing, hit the like button on YouTube, rate and review the audio feed. I, I don't just say that lightly. It really does help me out a lot. And hit that subscribe button. We're closing in on 250 subscribers on YouTube, and you be notified when all of our new episodes drop like our episodes for all the college football bowl season all the college basketball content we do weekly and nfl weekly as well so hit that subscribe button you will not be disappointed all right that does it for the tuesday night slate so um hopefully i was able to give you guys some good information it's going to help you guys on tuesday remember we will be back later on in the week for more college basketball as well as college football bowl season thank you guys for watching and listening at this point and i will see you next time